favorites in the congregation, but I told my wife if we had favorites, it would be out of somebody here today. No, I really do appreciate I love being in church, and as uh, we'll see even today in the book of Acts, I am of the firm belief that you miss something when you miss a Sunday. And so we are being uh, going through the, ver- the verses here in Acts. We've gotten through, uh, almost through chapter 2. We're going to continue on and finish chapter 2 today. We had a few technical difficulties this morning, so you'll have to do without the screen. I think you can manage it. Uh, and my daughter already asked me if the message was going to be short because the back is one big blank, if you notice that. Uh, sometimes that's just the way it goes with my outlines, and so uh, you have extra space on the other side to take copious notes this morning, but I doubt the message will be any shorter. So we've made it all the way through, continuing our study in the book of Acts, we've made it all the way through Peter's message, which was the first message preached in the church. And we've taken a lot of time to emphasize the fact that preaching was the very first activity that the church engaged in after the Spirit came down on Pentecost. And so now in Acts chapter 2, where we're picking up, 3,000 people have just received Christ as their Savior and followed Him publicly through believers' baptism. 3,000 people in one uh, moment, one day, are added to the church. And so the very next phrase that we find in Acts chapter 2 is this, that they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. And what a message for our day and age, a challenge to, as these young believers did, continue steadfastly as a church. When we received Christ, we became part of the church. I remember the church that I was a part of when I first uh, trusted Christ. And when God put us in the church and we received Christ as Savior, God put us on a path as Christians, and we should continue in it. God gave us a new purpose when we came to faith in Christ, so we should continue in that. And God also gave us a role in the church, and we should continue in that also. There's the continual temptation to fall back into our comfort zone. To sit back and relax and to take it easy and to seek what is convenient. But God did not save us so that we could launch into spiritual retirement. Your work is not finished as long as you're breathing this morning. He's calling us to continue. In 1899, in December, the evangelist D.L. Moody lay dying. His first job had been as a shoe clerk in Boston, and he gathered 18 ragged boys off the streets and organized a Sunday school class. In just two years, his class had grown to 1,500. In his lifetime, Moody was to take two continents in his hands and shake them for God. And as he lay dying, he left this epitaph written on the flyleaf of his Bible. It reads, If God be your partner, make your plans large. Are you complacent as a Christian? Do you settle for what's comfortable, what's convenient? Or are you continuing, consistent, and committed for Christ? Think about this young church in Acts chapter 2. It was literally born in an instant. In an instant, and they were a vibrant, genuine church that was changing the world one person at a time. 
We're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, and read through the remaining uh, portion of the chapter there together. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know, we often look at the book of Acts and we read through it and we marvel at what God does through the church in the book of Acts. What incredible things the Lord accomplishes through these young Christians here. But we have to remember this morning, we serve the same Savior. We preach the very same gospel. We have the same Bible. Actually, we have more of it. And we can see God do mighty things also if we would continue in His purpose. So this morning we're going to look at this new and thriving church in the remainder of Acts chapter 2 and discover four ways in which the church should continue from these verses. Four ways that the church continues in the book of Acts. Notice, first of all, they continued in the Word. They continued in the Word. Acts 2.42 says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The word doctrine means teaching and instruction. The phrase continued steadfastly can also uh, be said they were devoted to the teaching and instruction, the apostles' teaching and instruction. What is it? If we were to take churches just in America today, and we were to just put them all together, what is it that we would find most churches are devoted to? What do they put all of their effort into? What do they spend their time advertising? Where is all their money spent? What do they spend their budget on? What is the focus of their services when they gather together? According to this passage here in Acts chapter 2, the church should be devoted to the teaching and instruction of the Word of God, to doctrine. This is to be first. This is to be foremost. The teaching and preaching of the Word of God, of the doctrine of God's Word, should permeate every aspect of the church. Everything that we do should be saturated with the Word of God or based in the Word of God. Why? Because, well, just think about all the things that the Bible says. It, the Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The Bible says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus also said that we are clean through the words which He has spoken, and that He washes His church by the water of the Word. As a church, we should be continuing in the Word. And this New Testament early church full of new believers were devoted to the teaching and preaching of the doctrines 
of the Word of God. You know, in our day and age, churches are becoming social clubs. If you're to throw out the term worship, it's synonymous with a concert. And ministries are becoming the next social justice organizations. But God's people need to look back to the very beginning of the church and to recall that for a church to continue in God's purpose for it, it must first and foremost continue in the doctrine of the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, the book of Timothy was written to a young preacher, mentored by the Apostle Paul. And Paul tells this young preacher, he says in verse 16 of 1 Timothy 4, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Timothy, your role as a pastor is to focus on yourself. You're right with the Lord to continue yourself in the instruction and doctrines of the Word of God. And if you focus on those things, not only will it uh, save you and, and sanctify you and grow you in the Lord, it's going to build up your church also. The doctrine is first and foremost in a church. A church should go ahead and call itself something else if it's going to drift away from continuing in the Word. There was a preacher in Atlanta several years ago. You can tell just by the illustration because he was thumbing through the yellow pages looking for a church to attend while he was out of town. And he got to an entry and it said, Church of God Grill. He thought that was kind of peculiar, so he dialed the number. And a man answered and said, Hello, Church of God Grill. And the preacher asked how the restaurant had gotten such an unusual name. And the man said, Well, we had a little mission down here, and we started selling chicken dinners after church on Sunday to help pay the bills. Well, people liked the chicken so much, and we did such a good business, we eventually cut back on the church service. After a while, we just closed down the church altogether, but kept serving the chicken dinner. We kept the name we started with, and that's Church of God Grill. A church should call itself something else if it's not focusing on the Word of God. Don't ever lose your hunger, your hope, your expectations that when you come through the doors of North Belt Baptist Church, you're going to be instructed from God's Word. That's why we're together. What kept the disciples following Jesus? Think about this. What kept the 12 disciples following Jesus? Was it the miracles that they saw? Was it the fame that he had? Because there was a day when Jesus' teaching and preaching offended a whole bunch of the people that were following him, and a huge portion walked away and left. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Are you going to leave also? And Peter spoke up and said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. From the very beginning, the focus on the followers of Jesus Christ have been his word. This book, the Bible, has the words of eternal life. How much time do you focus on it? How much effort do you spend reading it? Do you continue in the Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says in verses 14 and in, into chapter 4, it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, 
And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is God-breathed. It's inspired. It's his very word. And Paul says, preach the word. Focus on the word. Continue in the doctrine. R.A. Torrey wrote, you may talk about power. But if you neglect the one book that God has given you as the one instrument through which he imparts and exercises his power, you will not have it. You may read many books and go to many conventions, and you may have your all-night prayer meetings to pray for the power of the Holy Ghost. But unless you keep in constant and close association with the one book, the Bible, you will not have power. And if you ever had power, you will not maintain it except by the daily, earnest, intense study of that book. Ninety-nine Christians in every hundred are merely playing at Bible study, and therefore ninety-nine Christians in every hundred are mere weaklings when they might be giants, both in their Christian life and in their service. And the Scriptures agree with that. Preach the Word. Continue in the Word. A church that wants to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish is a church that continues in the Word of God. It's also a church that is ready to continue in the work. And that's what we see here in Acts 2. They continued in the work. This is an active, working, busy church. It says in verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people." And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They had fellowship together. That word fellowship is an association, a, a common bond, a communion because of their common bond in Christ. The close relationship with other believers. Is fellowship just coming together? Well, no, as Baptists, there's always food involved, right? There's... But actually, the Bible term fellowship is about coming together for a common purpose, having a common bond, coming together as a family, as the body of Christ. It's a communion. It's a close relationship, which means we cannot have genuine New Testament church by just showing up. Because fellowship is about relationships. It's about having an impact on your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's about bearing another burden, another's burden. 
and thus fulfilling the law of Christ. We see their fellowship in that they broke bread together. They had prayers together. They sold their possessions and goods. Why? Because there were specific needs that needed to be met. If you became a Christian in, in the church in Jerusalem, you lost your place in your family. You lost maybe your job. You're standing in the synagogue. It had huge consequences. And they supported one another. They sold their stuff to help someone's ends meet. This was spontaneous sacrificial giving in the church. What kind of giving do you typically find in American churches today? Comfortable giving. Comfortable giving. I'll just budget it in, and as long as I can afford my boat and my car and, and my club and all the other things and my cable subscription, then that's fine. I can afford to give to the church also. It's comfortable giving. But in Acts chapter 2, we have sacrificial giving where they sold their things so that a believer would not go hungry. In my church that I started in, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll use that illustration later. But one man said in a church to his friend, you know, I could give $1,000 to the building fund and not even feel it. And his friend said, try giving two or three so you feel it. I had someone tell me, I was, you know, the church that I started in had several very expensive needs. I've shared this story with several of you. Everything in the church needed six figures to repair. I'm really not intimidated by a leak or two. <laughs> I'm just not. Just, just a, We had somebody look at the roof, and they estimated about 300000 to start. So everything was expensive. We had great needs. And someone in the church came to me to trying to you know, calm me down, trying to downplay the needs of the church and said, you know, I could write a check for that right now and cover it. Never saw the check. Never saw the check. And what that man was really doing, and there are others like this, you know, I could afford, I could afford to do something about that, but I'm going to hold back to give somebody else the opportunity. I'm going to step back and watch who rises to the occasion. And there are those in the church that feel like, I'm going to hold back to give somebody else a, an opportunity for a change. How convenient for you. There was a French officer, Lafayette, who provided invaluable assistance to George Washington in the struggling American army. After the war was over, he went back to France and resumed his life as a farmer of many estates. And in 1783, the harvest was a terrible one, and many suffered as a result. But Lafayette's farms were unaffected. And one of his workers offered what was good financial advice. He said, the bad harvest has raised the price of wheat. This is the time to sell. And after thinking about all those that were going hungry in the surrounding villages, Lafayette said, no, this is the time to give. They gave to one another. They were in one accord. They had one mind one purpose, one impulse. They shared that purpose. They worked together to accomplish that purpose. And I love this part. And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church. The Lord rewarded their, them with new Christians. We ought to be the kind of church that God adds to. 
The Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. This was not a church in Acts chapter 2. They started off with 3,000 people. If I were the apostles, I'd think, well, great, let's form some committees. This is perfect. This is all we need. 3,000 people? That's a big church. But they weren't content to just exist. They had a job to do. And they were continuing in the work. One of the men in my uh, previous church liked to say, hard work fascinates me. I could watch it for hours. And every church is full of willing people. Some are willing to work and others are willing to watch. Which one are you? We should all seek a way to be part of what's being done in the church. The church continued in the work. Don't wait for the ideal opportunity. Be available at every opportunity. You want to know how my wife and I got started in ministry? We joined the church. And we went to the pastor and said, is there anything we could do to help? And he said, oh, absolutely, you can preach next Sunday. No. He said, actually, we need someone that would be willing to come in once a week and empty the trash cans and vacuum the floors. And we did that for a couple years. You ought to be available and ready, not content just to show up, but to play a role in the church. If you have to be convinced to serve, you're not serving. Look for a way to help the ministry. That can be simple. It could be like sending a card. It could be cleaning something up. It could be inviting a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or the person at the drive-thru or the checker at Walmart. It could be uh, calling a church member that you haven't seen in a while. Praying for the needs of the church. It could be just walking by that piece of trash and stopping and picking it up in the parking lot. It could be straightening the seats. This was a pet peeve of mine in my Straightening the seats, good grief, they get crooked so fast. But it could be helping with the programs. It could be giving to the missions fund. It could be, the list is endless. Things that you could do just by being active and available in the church. We must continue in the word. We must continue in the work. And then we see they continued in worship. They continued in worship. It says in verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Notice where they worshiped. They worshiped daily in the temple. They didn't have a church building. And they also worshiped from house to house. You know, the New Testament church is not a building at all. They had no permanent structure all their own. As you get further and further in the book of Acts, you'll find that they were regular meeting places that were established. But worship is about coming together 
as believers. It's not about stepping through the doors of the building. By the way, the church must come together in order to worship. That's what the word church means. It's a called out assembly of God. You know, live streams and sermon recordings and all of those modern conveniences are well and good, but if you are not physically assembling with the church, you're not going to church. I don't want to step on toes here, but I'm, I'm pointing out that there's a whole new group of Christians in this country who have stopped participating in worship. Corporate church worship has to be done purposely. There's no such thing as virtual church. You can be 100% faithful, 100% faithful to tune in online and still be unfaithful to church. That means, and this is what this means, because some of you are thinking of those that can't be here. That means if you can be in church physically, you should be in church physically. There's no substitute. There's no substitute. There's a big difference between those that can be in church and aren't, and those that want to be to church but can't. There's no such thing as virtual church. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, not where two or more are tuning in. (laughs) They worshiped daily in the temple and house to house. They gathered together. And then notice how they worshiped. We're given several things here. They were praising God. They were praying together. You have praise as worship. You have prayer as worship. You see giving here. Giving is an aspect of our worship. Our lives ought to be lives of worship. It didn't happen for these believers just on Sunday. It wasn't just weekly. It was daily. It wasn't confined to one place. It was confined uh, to wherever they gathered together. And we also can worship wherever we go by our testimony, by our reputation. This church had favor with all the people. They had a reputation in the community. They had an impact. Are you merely taking up space where God has placed you? Or are you making a genuine impact for Christ? You can do that by offering your life daily for Christ. By having an eternal uh, mindset. Lord, what would you have me to do for your kingdom today? We must continue in the word. We must continue in the work. We must continue in worship. And finally this morning... We must continue with wonder, with wonder. I'll read the passage one more time. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That word gladness means a shout, a piercing exclamation. They were so happy, they had to shout about it. When was the last time you got excited about what was happening in the church? 20 minutes ago, Pastor says. Well, now we know who watches the clock. 
You know, I, I think you all had this here, but uh, back in 2018, we were meeting in a school back then, and we had just a temporary stage that we set up every Sunday in the school cafeteria. And Dean Kirshner brought his group of orphans with him from Malawi. Their version of a church service was a little bit different than what the Dutch Northerners were accustomed to. <laughs> they got excited. You know, the church in the New Testament got excited about being together. They had singleness of heart. That means they had no ulterior motives, no agendas, just genuine Christians excited about being in church. Do you know what today's generation wants? They want transparency and sincerity and consistency. They want to know why you believe what you believe. And then they want your life to be consistent with what you believe. The church in Acts chapter 2 was simple and sincere. There were no politics. There was no hidden agendas. There were no popularity contests. It was just church. And then they also had fear. They took it all very seriously. You can have fun. You can get excited. You can shout a little bit and still be serious. You know, I've seen preachers do some pretty crazy things in the church in order to shock and entertain. I've seen a church service where they flooded the stage and put the pastor in a boat in real water so that he could give a TED Talk about being in a storm. Church is important. Preaching is important. The music is important. This is all very serious business. It's not entertainment. But we love it and enjoy it. And we know how vital it is to our lives. What would you rather somebody say on the way home from church? Would you rather them say, can you believe pastor was in a real boat on real water today? Or would you rather them say, God really spoke to my heart today through that passage? They had fear, godly fear. They took it all very seriously. And they were praising God. They gave God the glory. Do you give God credit for what He's doing in the church? Do you thank Him and praise Him for the work He's done in your life through this church? You should come to church expecting God to do something. Is there any wonder left in your life at all? What I mean by wonder is you're driving to church and you're just thinking, Lord, I can't wait to see what you teach me today. I can't wait to see what happens in church. If we had a little wonder among the church, it would change the whole feeling of the service. God's people excited about being here to see what God will do. The story is told about two wives who were doing their laundry in a laundromat, and they were both sitting there waiting for the cycle, mending their husband's pants. One wife said, my husband is so miserable. Nothing goes right at work. He can't find anything good, good to watch on television anymore. And our home is a place of despair. And when we go to church, the song leader is terrible and the pastor is just an idiot. The other woman said, my husband is so excited. He can't wait to go to church. He loves the sermons. 
Our home is full of laughter, and we have such a good time together as a family. The women continued sewing the pants. One woman was patching the seat of the pants. The other was patching the knees. Do you expect God to do something in the church? Every day at church is a big day. It it goes against my grain when somebody says, is there anything special happening in church this Sunday? Yes. Church! (laughs) Every Sunday is a big day. And every time you skip a service, I guarantee you're going to miss something good. I mean, people missed out on Susanna Zimbabwe report. You missed out on a blessing if you weren't here to hear that. People missed out a few weeks ago of seeing all these believers follow the Lord in baptism. There's nothing like that. If you miss the afternoon service, you miss something. If you miss out on Sunday school class, you've missed something. Just a week or so ago, we got to see the children's Sunday school class singing and reciting huge passages of Scripture. Church is special. It's wonderful. There's nothing else on earth like it. My little boys, our kids, have always sung when they were little and we're getting them ready for church. They sing a little song, I love to go to church. I love to go to church. Every Sunday morning, I love to go to church. And it's as simple as that. Every day at church is a big day. Warren Wearsby wrote about the church in the book of Acts chapter 2. He says the church was unified, magnified, and multiplied. It had a powerful testimony among the unsaved Jews, not only because of the miracles done by the apostles, but also because of the way the members of the fellowship loved each other and served the Lord. The risen Lord continued to work with them, and people continued to be saved. What a church! The Christians you meet in the book of Acts were not content to meet once a week for services as usual. They met daily, cared daily, won souls daily, searched the scriptures daily, and increased in number daily. Their Christian faith was a day-to-day reality, not a -a once-a-week routine. Why? Because the risen Christ was a living reality to them, and His resurrection power was at work in their lives through the Holy Spirit. Are your expectations of church biblical ones? Why, Why do you come to church? Does your concept of ministry and worship line up with the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2. Some of us need to move beyond the victories and involvements of the past. The church I was in before was 135 years old. And there were people there that had almost been there that long. (laughs) And you talk to some people, and they were stuck. In 1954, we need to move beyond the past and invest in the present. And if you become comfortable and settled, it's time to shake things up because church is not business as usual or the status quo or a social gathering. It's definitely not a country club. This is something you can't get apart from coming together in the name of Christ as believers in Christ, as a family of God. This is church. There's nothing else on earth like it. 
Think about this. Just a few years ago, we were told not to go to church. And we were thrilled when the doors opened again. Just north of Michigan, where I was for my whole life up until now, in Canada, pastors were being thrown in jail for having church. Their services were being interrupted by armed officers and shut down. And just three years later, we've already started taking church for granted. We've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. And we should be a church of the Word, a working church, a worshiping church, and a church full of wonder at what God is going to do. We should continue being that church. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for the invitation. God calls Christians to continue to serve. Maybe this morning God has stirred up your spirit a little bit. You know, in the book of Revelation, I I might be misquoting here, but uh, Jesus commended a church for their work. They were very busy. They were a working church. But he said, but you've forgotten your first love. You don't even know why you're doing it anymore. Church is special. There's nothing else on earth like it. Have you lost your wonder? Are you serving the Lord through the church? Are you finding ways to be a part of what God's doing here? Are you continuing in the Word? Are you a part of the corporate worship? However God's working in your heart this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to do business with Him. Joanna's going to come and start playing. and Just let's take some time and pray before the song this morning.